This is Still Rowing, a High Five Live podcast, where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship, and just why they are choosing faith in Jesus Christ and His restored church. Welcome to Still Rowing, a High Five Live podcast. I'm your host, Kim Stratford-Gale, and thanks for being with me today as I announce some exciting news for the podcast. I'm sure you all have been anxiously waiting after Tara's last episode. So first and foremost with that, we again want to extend our deep gratitude for Tara McCausland. Everything this podcast is today and will be in the future is because of her faith and vision to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in an authentic and beautiful way. Tara believes in the importance of sharing the gospel through storytelling, and I think she has truly created a beautiful space for guests to do just that. When I first talked to Tara about my joining the podcast, she said to me emphatically that she said, I think we just need to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this was her way in doing that. And I have wholeheartedly taken that to heart and I feel that and I'm so excited to continue her legacy. So again, thank you to Tara and we wish you well as you take on new and important tasks. Next, I'm excited for you all to meet our new co-host, Amy Cower. Amy is stunning inside and out. She's authentic and she is unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You all will have the opportunity to meet her at a later date and I know you will love this space she creates. So again, a huge welcome to Amy. And if this wasn't enough, as you probably caught in our introduction, the Still Rowing podcast is merging with the incredible High Five Live organization. And with me today is Corey Andrews, a founding member from the High Five Live team. Corey, thanks for being with me today. Kim, I am so excited to be here and to to be with you and and to announce this merger of these two incredible organizations that are that are doing so much good and uh, what a blessing, what an honor. Thank you. Well, it's two powerhouses. I'm I'm just so excited. I've asked Corey to come on today to share with you all a bit about the High Five Live organization and for an opportunity to hear from him and get to know him a little bit. And as we go on with this podcast in other seasons and episodes, you'll have a chance to meet many of the different High Five Live amazing members. So today we thought we'd let, you know, Corey have the honors and we're so excited. So Corey, tell us about yourself and and how, and then how, how did High Five Live come to be? Yeah. So I grew up in Idaho, uh, Idaho boy, and uh, I I loved growing up in a small town, Idaho. And uh, now I live in Utah and in Utah County, and I teach seminary. I've been doing that for about 11 years now and just love that. Uh, I am married to my sweetheart, Katie, and we have six children together, and we just love them. So we have five girls and one boy. It was actually his birthday yesterday, and uh, so he got spoiled and loved, and uh, he turned two. And then our youngest uh, was born in June, and then passed away in July and I might talk about her a little bit later because she's just our hero mm-hmm. and we're so grateful for her and we love to hang out and travel uh, we run a high five live tours and so we do tours and, and love doing that type of stuff uh, going to fun places and, and having amazing time uh, times with people and friends 
And then I also love, I, it, this is a new passion for me, but mac and cheese has become a new passion. Uh, like everywhere we go, my wife like gets annoyed because I always want to try a new mac and cheese. And we even for my son's birthday, he's a big mac and cheese fan too. We're really tight like that. But he that mac so and cheese and we just did the, we just did the normal craft and I was, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we love to have fun and, and eat yummy food too, so. That's great. That's wonderful. Mac and cheese, man. I'm never going to let you live that down. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so then tell us about High Five Live. How did that come to be? High Five Live, uh, there's so many people that are, have done so much to make it what it is. And, and we have over, I think we're over 2,500 live videos that we've done now. And which is just wow. blows my mind. That many and uh, we've had hundreds and hundreds of guests that have come on and shared their stories. And uh, man, what a, what a blessing has has been to be a part of it. But uh, it kind of started. Remember back in 2014, Elder Bednar he did this uh, Education Week message, and it was called "Flood the." What was it called? "Sweep the Earth as with a Flood." And he mm -hmm. said this, and and this really like jumped out to me when I heard this for the first time back in 2014. He said. I exhort you to sweep the earth with messages filled with righteousness and truth, messages that are authentic, edifying, and praiseworthy, and literally to sweep the earth as with a flood. And so that ran around 2014, I think I got hired full-time as a seminary teacher in 2015, which was my dream job. Uh, but I just felt like something was missing, like there was something more I needed to be doing. And, and this idea from Elder Bednard just kind of kept coming back to my mind and and then I was in a, a fireside with um, the Provo City Center Temple uh, when it was being dedicated. Uh, the the new temple president and the temple matron were speaking, and she got up and she said, "It's our stories that connect us with God, and it's our stories that connect us with each other." And that was another thought that just just kind of rang through my head for a while. And so for about a year, I, I tried to figure out, what do I do? I wasn't really involved with social media, but that's what I seemed drawn to. And so I, uh, I ended up going to, to try to meet some of the people who were already doing things and sharing uh, messages online uh, and on social media. And a lot of them were really helpful, but I still I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I ended up buying a bunch of video equipment and, and <laughs> putting together a couple of videos. And, and those were a lot of fun. But they were a lot of work, <laughs> and, mm, right? Uh, editing, and you know, right? Editing, right, right. It, it takes a lot of time. But, uh, but then I was contacting people, and and I was about to start my master's degree, and so I was like, okay, how am I going to fit all this in? And the idea eventually came. Uh, this was right around the time that um, live video was becoming prominent on social media cha channels, specifically Facebook, and I thought, man that seems a lot easier. You don't have to edit and you don't have to, right? you can just jump on and what's done is done and uh, and it doesn't take as much time. And and so I thought, man, maybe there's a way to use that. And and I mentioned it to some of some seminary teacher friends of mine and they were like, you got to do something with live video and sharing messages. And I was like, you want to help? And they said, <laughs> and so Michael White, uh, some of you know, and, and Kim, I know you know Michael and and uh, and Randy Clegg and a couple others that I was teaching with at the time jumped in and said, "Let's do this. We're going to start, and we're going to just jump on and share messages." As you know, as seminary teachers, we have some messages we can share, 
And then it just kind of grew from there. We started inviting guests and, and some of them took off and got hundreds of thousands of views. And, and it was just fun to see that, uh, that High Five Live was beginning to meet a need uh, for, for a lot of people. And I've had so many experiences. One that comes to mind was I was, uh, took my daughter to the doctor uh, to have her tonsils out. And the nurse kept like looking at me funny and I'm like, oh, who is this? And she said, wait, are you the guy that does stuff with High Five Live or something? And I'm like, yes. And she goes, because of my job as a nurse, I haven't been able to go to church for a long time. And so on those days that I can't make it, I I go and I watch some High Five Lives and it it meets that spiritual need. And like little moments like that where I'm like, okay, like, there's some good that we've been able to do and and that's been a blessing and i don't think i don't say that to be like hey look at me because i really don't think it has been me it's been the hundreds of people that have that have jumped in and been involved and pam ackerman who does so much behind the scenes to make oh pam yeah (laughs) yeah make it run and and make it what it is and and then for this opportunity to to join together and and with still rowing and, and to to add this podcast um what a blessing and what a what a fun opportunity to gather Israel together with some of the most incredible people like yourself, Kim. Wow, well, that's very kind. We're elated to join with you and what a great story. And when I heard from Tara about why she wanted to start still rowing in the first place, it just was she felt like she could do more, just like you said. She felt like she could do more and then she took action. And and your story, I can't even imagine. You're working full time. <laughs> You're going back to school. You have children. It's wow. But there's there is more we can do, especially with the help of the Lord. That's beautiful. It's been busy, and and sometimes to 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 gather Israel or to do the things like this, sometimes it requires a sacrifice, and we felt that sometimes. And mm-hmm. probably my wife more than me. Uh, it's yeah. that sometimes uh, of this. It's not always easy, but there have been some sweet rewards. Uh, some sweet blessings and even some sweet reminders that that God cares about the little things that we do Mm. to try to help others come into him. Sure. And like you said, sometimes it just takes one person to reach out to say that you affected their spirituality or you helped them that day. That's all it takes. We get one message like that a year and I'm like, that, that just made it all worth it for me. Right. (laughs) Even if you just get the one. Right. So this kind of brings us to what Corey and I wanted to talk and share with you all today was about the gathering of Israel. Both of us have similar feelings of why we wanted to start the podcast, join and do High Five Live. So we thought we could share with you all our message about the gathering of Israel and talk about it. And I think we'll just start off, Corey, by, you know, we hear the the phrase, the gathering of Israel, <laughs> a lot in, in Sunday school and church and general conference. What what does it mean? What is the gathering of Israel? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think especially as a youth, I was kind of like I'd hear gathering of Israel. And I'd be like, OK, didn't have time. Right. Like, I, I don't <laughs> know what we're talking about. Who's Israel? You know? Who's Israel? Uh, my Israel? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and it does. It connects back to this family, Jacob, who became Israel. And, and we've studied that this this year. And, and, you know, if you're mm-hmm. jumping into the Old Testament and come follow me and things like that, we've, we've learned a little bit about that family and, and what an incredible family, not a, not a perfect family. I think that's also important. <laughs> to realize right that they had struggles and trials like every family does um but i I, as i was kind of thinking about this idea like what is it what does it mean to us i found this uh, devotional that elder bednar gave at byu idaho and he was talking about the gathering of israel and he gave 
four purposes, four places, and three blessings. And this just kind of simplified it to me in my mind. And so I wanted to, if that's okay, I wanted to share those four purposes, four places, and three blessings. I love it. Let's simplify it. That's great. (laughs) So here's what he said. This is again, Elder Bednar. He said, the Lord gathers his people for these four reasons, to worship, to build up the church for a defense and to receive counsel and instruction. And so I love those four, right? To worship, to to come together and think of Jesus and think of him, learn of him, teach of him, talk of him, right? So that's one, one reason that we gather. Also to build up the church, right? God's kingdom on the earth. Also for a defense. And I think that's an interesting one that, that yeah. sometimes the world can be a mean place. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what a blessing to have a place, no matter at this point, no matter where you are in the world, there's a place you can go and feel at home. Mm. What, what a cool blessing. That is cool. Uh, on that note, I, was, I had the opportunity a few years back to go and do a youth conference in a place called Bahrain, which I hadn't even heard of. I didn't know what that was, <laughs> and, but it's this, this Island in the middle of the Persian Gulf in between you got Iraq on one side and Saudi Arabia on the other. And there's a stake of the church there. Wow. And it was so cool to go there. And it was a crazy trip. I, it took me 24 hours to get there and it felt like I skipped a whole day cause I went back in time. But, uh, <laughs> It was uh, it was such a cool experience to meet with these people who are on the other side of the world from what I'm used to, right? And who still gather together and find this place of peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so it is a defense. And then the, the last one he said is receive counsel and instruction. It's a place so we can learn from each other and about each other. And that's that's kind of what the purpose of our podcast, right? And, and yeah. The, the um, high five live and that we're trying to teach and learn from each other in our stories. Yeah. So those are the four purposes. And then the four places are the four places we gather today. Uh, Elder Brenner said, the Lord's people are gathered into his restored church, into holy temples, into stakes of Zion and into families. Mm. We're gathered in those, those four areas into his church and into his temples on, on that idea of temples. Uh, Joseph Smith, actually, he said at one point that the divine purpose of gathering is to build up temples so that the Lord's children can receive the highest ordinances and thereby gain eternal life. So I think that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And with temples being built and, and President Nelson announcing temples all around the world, and, uh-huh. and, you know, multiple every con- conference, it's, ex- it's an exciting time to yeah. see that gathering happening uh, in temples around the world. Well, and I, on that note, I was thinking too, it just ties into when you were talking about the purpose of for a defense and then now the places being temples, what a, a place when I feel the most secure, right, is in a holy temple. And when President Nelson announced recently that a temple was going to be built in Austria, I was overwhelmed with just such love and gratitude and peace because I thought of the tragic events that happened there with World War II, with Nazism. And I thought, I love that a temple can be there to offer healing and peace to those people who in in such a real and direct way experience such horrific events. Like that just touched my soul when I when I heard that announcement. So yes, when I think of places, that makes sense. I love this simplification. It helps and it it makes sense because I felt that that beauty mm-hmm. and that peace. That's wonderful. I love that connection. And 
and those who are listening, you might think of times where you've been in these places and they've been that peace that you needed or that hope that you needed or, or that connection to the Savior, mm -hmm. that you needed, which is really the purpose of all these places uh, yeah. and stakes, right? That, that we gather together in those stakes and, and have a community and, uh, and then in families too. That, and, and sometimes I think we, we think outside of our family, we have to gather outside, but even in the home, right? When you're teaching your children, you are gathering Israel, yeah. uh, and which I think is pretty powerful. It is. And then the, the last thing was the three blessings. He said, finally, what are the blessings of gathering? The gathering of the Lord's people brings blessings of edification, preservation, and strength. And as, uh, as I, I kind of mentioned that our family has been through a lot this last summer, We've really felt that. We've really felt so grateful to have a community that we're a part of that uh, where we can gather, but also where we can gather in an effort to bless those who suffer, who are suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, like our family has, has suffered this last summer. We've, we felt that gathering bless us, edify us, uh, pre help preserve us, and definitely strengthen us. Uh, through through one of the hardest things that we've ever been through. Yeah. Well, and what's really neat is our listeners, hopefully this is okay to share, but when we were talking about merging these two, you know, the podcast with High Five Live, I was talking with Michael White and we said, we really want to merge. And Michael was like, well, we, we want to we wanna talk to Corey. He's the main guy. He's the guy in charge. And, and Michael expressed what had happened to your family with your sweet Cameron passing away. And I just think it's so it's so sweet that here you are now, you're still spreading the good news, right? Like this tragic thing happens, but it didn't pull you away. Instead, here you are, you're, you're making even a greater difference by merging and combining and meeting more people. Like you're doing more after such a deeply tragic thing has happened. And so that was a testament to me of I've, I've seen the strength just interacting with you. And I know that, of course, you are suffering and your sweet wife and your children, but it's it's been it's been a testimony builder to me to see that the work hasn't stopped for you. And that shows to me your faith. And I love that. So, ah, oh, man, all the love to you and your family for sure. Oh, thank you so much. And so that's so kind. And we really have felt that love, not, not only from members of the church, but we've had uh, churches, other churches, other religions reach out and say, Hey, can we pray for your family? And there was a, oh. a fire crew that was working on fires, you know, some summer fires that reached out and said, Hey, our whole group's fine. praying for you guys. And we just, we felt that love and, and it's been, it's been pretty amazing. But I also realized that sometimes when we go through tragedies and hard times, there's, there is definitely a tendency to uh, remove ourselves and to kind of mm -hmm. shut all the doors and because mm -hmm. it's it's painful right and it's hard and, and we don't want to show everybody that we're hurting and, um, but I've also realized that there's something powerful that comes when we're willing to share our stories yeah. um, like back to that idea that it's our stories that connect us with God and it's our stories that connect us with each other and I know that it can be hard and scary sometimes to to share your story of of, of pain, and yeah. or, or to share your story of of grace and of feeling God's love. It can be hard and scary sometimes, but that's been a testimony to me in, in sharing Cameron's story. Um, is that 
it allows it opening those doors and sharing stories allows um, others to come and, and gather and help and bless and lift. And, uh, and that's been powerful, a powerful lesson for me. Ah, that's wonderful. And I, it reminds me of, I think what you're describing is a divine gift to share and to connect that deeply. And, and that's something that the savior went, he, the atoning sacrifice, right. Is to help him connect deeply with us. And when we experience these tragedies, as you talked about, or we're needing grace, if we open ourselves up to connect with other people, that's a divine, that's a divine attribute, I think, to just connect and share stories. I love these simplifications. Thanks for sharing, Corey. I think that helps me and I think it helps a lot of people. Sometimes we overcomplicate things in the gospel. So it's nice to just hear some simple, some simple reminders to think about when you think of the gathering of Israel. And this reminds me because when we, when Corey and I were preparing for this, he brought up something that I thought was so unique. I said, I can't wait to hear this. You brought up Robin Hood. When, and and it was under the question, what do we think of when we hear the gathering of Israel? And Corey put Robin Hood. So, <laughs> so I'd love to hear your thoughts and analogy with Robin Hood and the gathering. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a new idea that I've had recently. Uh, did you ever watch like the the Disney Robin Hood? Of course. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, if you've ever seen that, you I think you kind of get the idea of the story, right? This this idea of Robin Hood. Uh, it's a you know an English legend, a folklore, right? And, yeah. and this this idea of Robin Hood who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Well, <clears throat> uh, thinking about this idea, and I know it's not completely historically accurate, so I hope you'll forgive a little bit, of, <laughs> you know, uh, Disney folklore here. Any uh, historical snobs, just like kind of plug yeah, right. a little bit. <laughs> but the idea, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched it, but the idea, if I remember correctly, is that there is a king who has gone off uh, on the Crusades uh, to deliver Israel, right? He's doing that th his thing over there. And while that is happening, there's this prince who come in, kind of sneaks his way in and starts to rule and starts to tax the people and make things really difficult and hard on them. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's tough and the, the king's gone. And so he's kind of doing his thing. He's in control. And he's got a little snake that flies around and blue. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. But but then there's this hero, right, who steps up and says, "No, you're not the real king." He's loyal to the king. Hmm. He says, "You're not the real king." And he gathers a group of people together, right? A group of you know, you got Friar Tuck and Little John, right? And they all yes. get together and they they revolt against this prince who thinks uh, he's in charge. And they begin to steal from the rich and give to the help help the poor. Mm. So I was thinking about this, right? And then uh, thinking about this idea of gathering Israel. And I thought, hmm, maybe Israel, the house of Israel can be similar to the merry men and women uh, of, of Robin Hood's time or of Robin Hood's story. Mm. In that, and I, I think it's interesting also because I was looking and just to support my analogy here. Uh, I found that Jesus, uh, right before he's about to be crucified, he actually calls the devil the prince of this world, right? And uh, and refers to him in that way. So the king, Richard uh, I, his nickname is actually Lionheart, right? Which made me think of of Narnia, first off, right? Uh, but also of, of that being a symbol, of a lion being a symbol of Jesus, 
Aslan, right? Uh, and then Robin Hood, I think, could be a couple different things in my analogy, right? But I thought of one prophets, but also missionaries, those who lead out in in sharing the gospel, uh, and and in recruiting others to come and join the house of Israel, the merry men, that and and experience the joy, uh, recognizing that that there is a king, and uh, and then uh, obviously, right, that those merry men, those being us, I want to be a part of that. Uh, fighting against, uh, and it is sometimes, right? A, it's sometimes a war against evil, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but bringing as many people to the truth and the joy, the merriness that can come as we choose to follow Christ. And so that's my kind of silly analogy, <laughs> uh, but kind of helps simplify that idea of, of the house of Israel in my mind. Oh, I love that. Well, it's so relatable because just like you said, you want to be with Robin Hood. You want to be with his group. You want to be fighting for, you know, righteousness for good. And so I, I think it's brilliant. Well done. <laughs> yeah, and Kind of back to that idea, right? He's taken from the rich to the give to the poor. And, and I kind of thought of also about tithing and about how, if, if we're not gathering, right. And we're not giving mm-hmm. in that way, then it's hard to, to bless the world and to change the world uh, without some of those, those resources that can only be found when we choose to gather and help those around us. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's really neat. That's cool. And I love these different analogies that we can use because you never know what's going to just really resonate with somebody else. And I love that because I want to be with Robin Hood. I want to be with our prophets and apostles and and church leaders, auxiliary leaders. That's awesome. <laughs> so other things that we think of when we, th- we hear the gathering of Israel, I definitely think of missionary work. And we've already mentioned that quite a few times in our discussion but I think it's important to dif- differentiate. There's formal missionary work. You've got a name tag. You've got an official calling. But there's also informal, mm-hmm. like the podcast, like High Five Live, like having, you know, I guess this could be formal or informal, but what about ministering callings? All of these things, there's so many ways to be a missionary, to be uplifting those people who are in the church and need to be strengthened, or maybe to be sharing the gospel with people who are not members, who don't know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so missionary work definitely is a big one that I think of. And for all of these reasons that, you know, that Elder Bednar talked about, we want to share all of those good things, those simple things that can come from being a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, Corey, what does the gathering mean for each of us personally on this, on this line of missionary work, whether it's formal or infor- informal, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you have to, you don't have to start a podcast, right? You don't have to get <laughs> a message on High Five Live to, 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 uh, to be informally sharing the gospel. I think you just got it. I love the initiative in the church right now of Love, Share, Invite. Mm, yeah. what, what a powerful uh, idea to love, right? To go out and just love those who, who are around us and who are different from us and who are, uh, you know, similar to us. Uh, just to go and love and to to find the Savior in them and and uh, the, the Christ-like qualities that they have. Because I truly believe, right, like everyone around us has Christ-like quality. They have the light of Christ if we're looking for it. And, and so to love them as the, as they are and then to look for opportunities to share the truths that, that have been powerful to you, that have, that have changed your life. And... Um, Man, just thinking back to to Cameron and some of those things that I've I've shared about her recently, it wasn't 
it ne wasn't necessarily that I wanted to go and baptize a bunch of people that I was sharing her story, right? We just loved her and we knew that there were others who, who were loved us and were interested. And so we just started sharing mm -hmm. and, and we saw opportunities arise for us to, to share those things, but also to invite invite people to come unto Christ. And, and because uh, of her story, a girl who never uh, left the hospital, right? That spent 38 days in a NICU bed, um, people started praying who hadn't prayed in a while. Wow. And people went to church who hadn't been to church in a while. And people went to the temple and it had been a mm -hmm. while for them and just to put her name on the temple roll. And, and it, was, uh, it was awesome to see that it doesn't have to be complicated, right? Yeah. She didn't even get off the bed, right? And she yeah. changed the world. And, and I, think, I think it just has to be faith. Mm. And acting in some small and simple ways. As Elder Uchtdorf talks about normal and natural ways. Yeah, and, right. Uh, sharing the gospel. Oh, that's really powerful how it brought so many together. I was recently on social media and another friend almost lost one of her daughters. And the number of people that were commenting and praying and coming together, it truly was a gathering in that form. And I didn't, I didn't think about it until you just said that. It truly was a gathering in a way. And... And that's a cool thing about sometimes trials can pull us apart, but hopefully they bring us together. Mm. Hopefully we can sucker one another and bring us together and gather. Yeah, That's really beautiful. Something that I was thinking about too is, man, what is our role? I, I had a pretty unique experience when I was in law school. My husband and I were living in the married student housing up in the University of Utah. And if you've ever seen those buildings, um, they're not great. <laughs> you're, you're living in cinder blocks and things don't work and the things flood. And it's pretty horrible experience as far as the living circumstances go. But <laughs> everything else about it is picturesque. It is an experience that I would do over and over again just to have that community and that mm -hmm. gathering place again, just like we learned from Elder Bednar, churches, worship, right? Mm -hmm. And one Sunday... The week coming up to Sunday, our our awesome bishop gave us an invitation. He said, I invite you all to come early to church on Sunday. Arrive 15 to 20 minutes early and prepare spiritually for the sacrament. And he said, I also invite you to share this with people who aren't here to hear this invitation. Reach out to your neighbors. Reach out to everybody that you see in our complex to come to our ward and I promise you, and he made a promise. He said, I promise you that you will be spiritually uplifted and benefited. So that Sunday, so that week, I tried my best to reach out and, and extend this invitation. And then that Sunday, I showed up. And at the time, my husband was serving in the bishopric. And he, he messaged me and he says, you're going to want to be here early. <laughs> I said, well, I was already planning on it, but now I'm going to go like a half an hour early. <laughs> so I showed up a half an hour early. And our bishop's wife came up to me and she said, the prophet is coming to our ward today, President and Sister Nelson. And you have to know, like, these student wards are tiny. This isn't like your big Utah wards that we might be more familiar with. This was a very small ward filled with a lot of really humble people with humble mm -hmm. families struggling, you know, financially because they're trying to put their spouse through school and they've got kids. And he was coming to our ward and when I initially found out that he was visiting, the distinct thought that came to my mind, of course, was just pure joy 
but it was immediately followed by a sincere and loving question from the Spirit. What more could I have done so more could feel of this love and this joy that I'm feeling right now? Who didn't I reach out to? Was I too timid in sharing the invitation? Was I too busy to extend that invitation? And that for me was a very real moment about how important the gathering of Israel is. I believe it was an experience to me that was a testament of what it might feel like when the Savior comes. I'm sure that we are all going to be overjoyed, especially those striving on the covenant path. But I think there's going to be a sincere question in our hearts and our minds of who else could I have extended the invitation to so they could be here feeling this as well. We're going to be thinking of our brothers and sisters around us who might not be there to experience that because we didn't have the opportunity or maybe we just didn't share. Again, were we too busy? Were we too timid? reminds me of when the prodigal son realizes his mistake and he comes to himself, meaning he repents and he remembers the goodness and love of his father. When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I think about that story and I think about my experience when the prophet came to the ward and I just thought, let's even look to those people who are far away, but maybe have their feet turned. The Luke chapters link to a a great reference in Psalms that says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. So even those people who just turn their feet in our direction, can we reach out to them? Can we run to them? That's our responsibility with the gathering of Israel. And it's exciting, right? When you see it yeah. that way, I think it becomes what you want to be a part of, right? You yes. want to, to be a part of that. I love when President Nelson was talking to the youth, he said, there is nothing of greater consequence, absolutely nothing. And then he went on to say, this gathering should mean everything to you. This is the mission for which you were sent to earth. And I just love that idea. When we have experiences with gathering, there truly is, there, there's nothing... There are a few things sweeter, right, Yeah. than those moments that we have to to help somebody find the hope and the peace that can only be found in the gospel of Jesus Christ in him Yeah. and uh, and to feel his love uh, from a prophet or mm-hmm. from a scripture or from a, a talk. And, and but it's there, uh, but it can't be found if we're not willing to gather. Yeah. So in that talk that he gave to the youth, he also talked about how we gather on both sides of the veil as well. And so I think it's important to, you can't really talk about gathering Israel without thinking about the work that we do in the temple. And right. back to that quote about that Joseph Smith said that that's really the, the, the purpose is so that we can make those covenants of the temple that, that prepare us to return back to Heavenly Father. And what a blessing. And and really a simple way that I think sometimes we overlook uh, just because we get busy, like you were talking about, right? We get yeah. busy and caught up in everything else we have to do, but but uh, how powerful uh, to have that opportunity uh, to go to the temple and to do that work. I was uh, talking to the uh, family that we know, the the Mahe family who also lost a daughter a couple of years back. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I've thought a lot about this uh, with after losing our daughter, about how they have uh, temple names and they call those names that they take to the temple, they, they call them Elsie's friends, which was their daughter's name. Oh. And so I love that idea. Now that we have somebody on that, uh, the other side of the veil of, of going and doing the work for her friends, people that, that she can go, maybe I can't see them today, uh, yeah. but she can go and, and she can be their friend and encourage them and, 
and I really think you know all of us have have people we know and love uh, who are on that, even if it's grandmas and grandpas that are on the other side of the veil, and, and there are friends there. Uh, there are people that that I think love us and that that we love that, that are waiting for us to gather together there. And, and what a powerful thing! What powerful things we can do as we make time to do temple work. Oh yeah. I love that. And I, um, it, it reminds me of Elder Christofferson's talk when he speaks about our relationship with God. And he says, Brigham Young's faith was not built on certain outcomes or blessings, but on his witness of and relationship with Jesus Christ. And that last part, his faith was built on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just think with temple work and the covenants that you make in the temple, I don't think there's any greater way to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father than making those covenants. And so the gathering is we are helping others on that covenant path to make those promises and to get to the temple and then to do it, do work for the dead. Absolutely. Yes. Corey and I just want to extend an invitation to anybody listening. And then maybe you go and extend it to your family and to people that you know to seek inspiration from heavenly father to know how you can be a part of the gathering of israel like Corey said you don't have to start a podcast you don't have to maybe it's just doing your calling a little bit better reaching out but if anybody knows it's heavenly father so ask him get on your knees and ask him how can i be involved in the gathering of israel he'll let you know he needs you and once you get a taste of the joy that comes from being a part of this you won't stop you're just going to want to get into it even more. As my friend Brad Wilcox would say, you were born to change the world. Uh, and I truly believe that. He actually wrote a book that's amazing if you're wanting to learn more about the gathering of Israel called Born to Change the World. And, and I truly believe that you have a story, that your story is powerful. And that if you will look for, and like uh, Kim just mentioned, pray for to know how you can share that story, whether it's just with a friend or maybe on social media with those who uh, you're connected with there, uh, or maybe uh, with your children uh, or your family. But look for opportunities to share that story that will help them gather to Christ and that will help them know of your te testimony and your witness of his love and his grace and how he's helped you in your life that just like uh, our baby Cameron, sweet baby Cameron, who passed away just uh, a couple months ago, that I know that you can change the world too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Corey. Now we always end by asking our guests this final question. And I know, Corey, you're a part of the organization now, but we'd love to hear from you. Why are you still rowing and choosing faith in Jesus Christ and his restored church? So I love, that, love, love, love this idea of still rowing and uh, feel like it aligns so much with what, what we've wanted to accomplish, the mission of, of High Five Live and inviting people to come unto Christ, but to continue in Him. And um, I think my mind, I know I've, been, I've talked a lot about it already, but my mind is, is definitely on what we've been through recently and, and uh, the experiences that we've had that I cannot deny that He has been there for, for me and for my family and i have felt him uh, so near in this tragic time and and i felt peace that i don't know how i could make it through without it yeah uh, it would be really really difficult um, 
but he's brought that peace that I've needed in my life. Uh, and that, that witness is why I continue to row even when the, rot- the waters are rough, mm-hmm. uh, even when the wind is boisterous, um, because I believe that he's there. And sometimes he's, he's there walking on the water and I, and I see him or I feel him. Uh, and sometimes I don't, sometimes it's too foggy. Um, but, uh, but I've had those types of experiences, uh, that I can't deny. And, uh, and I know that when, when we turn to him, that that he will be there for us. And that when we uh, struggle to row that, that maybe he'll, he'll walk on the water to us too. And, uh, and he'll invite us to follow him. I do, I do know that that's, that's the hope of everything that we've been talking about. This whole idea of gathering is to come unto the Savior, Jesus Christ. I know he lives. I know he performs miracles even today. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for him and to have that knowledge and to, to really have that opportunity to share it with others. It's one of my favorite things. And I share that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, today has been powerful. Thank you for joining and being with us today. I wanted to give you a glimpse into the people who are on the back end of this High Five Live group and still rowing, and you've gotten a very great taste of what that is today and who these people are and the caliber and their faith. So thank you, Corey, for your time and your testimony and all of your efforts. We wish you and your family and your sweet wife a good recovery and healing. And to our listeners, again, Thank you for being with us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Still Rowing, a High Five Live podcast. For updates on episode releases and additional motivation and resources, you can find us on Facebook at High Five Live. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a positive review on your podcast app and like us on the High Five Live Facebook page to help us spread the word. Thanks for listening.